0: to see everybody out this morning. Shane mentioned a beautiful day, the change of weather, and I'm, I have to confess that I've been trying hard not to complain about the rain. I've had it for about six weeks. I was looking at my diary, but as our old Uncle Phil said one time that there's one thing worse than too much rain had these little tidbits of wisdom all the time, and he said, drought is worse than too much rain, so God gives us that which we have need of, and and that which is, is best for us under the circumstances. For our text this morning, I'll read from the third chapter of 1 Corinthians, starting with the ninth verse, and reading to the end, the 23rd verse. That's 1 Corinthians 3, 10 to 23. Reading these words in Jesus' name. 9 to 23, sorry. For we are laborers together with God, ye are God's husbandry, ye are God's building. According to the grace of God, which is given unto me, a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation, and another buildeth thereon. But let every man take he... Heed how he buildeth thereon. For other foundation can no man lay that, than that is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Now if any man build upon this foundation gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, stubble, every man's work shall be made manifest. For the day shall declare it, because it shall be revealed by fire, and the fire shall try every man's work of what sort it is. If any man's work abide, which he hath built upon, he shall receive a reward. If any man's work shall be burned, he shall suffer loss, but he himself shall be saved, So as yet, yet so as by fire. Know ye not that ye are the temple of God, and that the Spirit of God dwelleth in you? If any man defile the temple of God, him shall God destroy, for the temple of God is holy, which temple ye are. Let no man deceive himself. If any among you seemeth to be wise in this world, Let him become a fool, that he may be wise. For the wisdom of this world is foolishness with God. For it is written, He taketh the wise in their own craftiness. And again, the Lord knoweth the thoughts of the wise, that they are are vain. Therefore let no man glory in men. For all things are yours, whether Paul, or Apollos, or Cephas, or the world, or life, or death, or things present, or things to come. All are yours, and ye are Christ's, and Christ is God's. Amen. Greetings of grace, mercy, and peace from God our Father, and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, be multiplied to each one gathered here this morning, now and forever. Amen. I'm no no, uh, Bible scholar, but it would seem that these Corinthians were new in faith, and believers, and yet Paul says that... For ye are yet carnal. For it, for where is there is among you envying and strife? This is bef, bef, just just before the text I read. envying and strife and divisions. Are ye not carnal and walk as men? So there were some that were saying that they follow Paul, and some that are following following Apollos. And he goes through that in the very end there. And we know that, as I've said it before, that. That we would, that we'd follow Christ. That any, any religion or understanding that does not have Jesus Christ as their, and I guess I'll put it poetically, the centerpiece of their table, that they're considered a cult. And, and we don't want to, we don't want to follow after men. We don't want to, we don't want to be labeled as as a cult you don't want to to follow after after man's wisdom it said paul says this is paul writing it's, now he that planteth and he that watereth are one and every man shall receive his own reward according to his labor that that we we labor in the kingdom of god and i, I was listening to a tape this morning actually a couple of mornings ago I, I listened to it and, and something came up and I had to shut it off and run and and uh, so this morning I finished well I listened to it again because with the CD you can't just stop it and start it on our player anyways but uh, this laborers in the vineyard he was speaking, speaking about how, how some and, and he was speaking of of this, this, uh, Andrew Michelson, this old preacher of our faith, and he's been gone for about 30 years, but he was, he was at a, I guess a congregation, I believe in Michigan, and saying how he, in his younger years, had, had preached there once a month or something, and, and knew, knew the old timers of that day, maybe were in their 80s, And how, how their labors have, have continued through the years and the congregation is, is now being served by younger men and and they're preaching the same message and we don't, we don't follow after, after the man. So, even, even Moses, I believe, We, we might wonder sometimes where Jesus was in Moses' day. I had it, I had it marked here, I got so many markers that. Anyways, he says, he says to chapter of acts it says this is that Moses which said unto the children of Israel a prophet shall the lord your God raise up unto you of your brethren like unto me him shall ye hear he spoke of Jesus and and he wasn't saying that he's another another Christ which which we say he was because he was he was a leader he was a man of God and he was a leader and we know that even though, even though he was a sinful man, and we we don't have to elaborate on his his sins and his troubles he had in his in his younger life, but I believe he had a he had a a true coming back into faith when he was called to lead, lead the children of Israel, and he made mistakes there too. But anyways, he is instructing us to follow after this man Jesus. This is. How many hundreds of years before Jesus came to this world? A prophet shall the Lord your God raise up unto you of your brethren like unto me. Hear ye, him shall ye hear. This is he that was in the church in the wilderness with the angel which spake to him in the Mount Sinai. And with our fathers who received the lively oracles to give unto us. To whom our fathers would not obey but thrust him from them. And in their hearts turned back again into Egypt. Moses directs us to Jesus. Moses directed the people of his day to Jesus. We see that in that, in that story, and it's immediately before the giving of the law that Moses goes up into, into Mount Sinai. It says that children of Israel, Israel were traveling in the wilderness and they came to that area That this Mount Sinai was in and they camped there for some time. And we know that Moses was directed then to go up into the mountain and God spoke to him and I believe it's in Hebrews where it talks about, well it talks about it way back in, in uh, Exodus 2. It says, it says about us coming to Christ. And it likens it unto people coming to the law or people coming to the hearing of the word, the gospel, this, this message that is more than thou shalt not. That's, that's the law that was given to Moses and, and he gave it to the people. But, but, the, but the people couldn't come up to the mountain. It's it's interesting and it says no man has seen God. We think well Moses went up into the mountain, he saw God. Well he didn't. I think there's one place where it says he saw his backside, he saw him from the back, and it was uh a sight that made him tremble. Glory of it but it speaks of us it says for ye are not come unto the mount that might be touched and that burned with fire nor unto blackness and darkness and tempest it says when these when Moses went into the mountain and the people came near the mountain that they weren't to, they weren't to go up into it they weren't to touch it even or or their animals weren't even to touch it it's it's a picture of of man approaching God I believe and it's 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 a terrible sight without Jesus as a mediator, and and here it tells us about what the mediator does, and and what they what they witnessed. It seems it seems that the mountain was was swirled or covered in a in a dark, how uh, do I think of it, kind of a wicked looking cloud. And people were not supposed to even touch the mountain. But Moses went up into that to speak with God. It says, We don't come to this mountain. The sound of a trumpet, the voice of words, which voice they that heard entreated that the word should not be spoken to them anymore, for they could not endure That which was commanded in, and if so much as a beast touched the mountain, it shall be stoned or thrust through with a dark, dart. And so terrible was the sight that Moses said, I exceedingly fear and quake. But ye are come unto Mount Zion and unto the city of the living God. We relax when we see, we see this or read this. We aren't come, we aren't come to that mountain that is swirled in, in a wicked looking cloud. We are come to Mount Zion. Unto the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, and to an innumerable innumerable company company of angels, to the general assembly and the church of the firstborn, which are written in heaven, and to God the judge of all, and, and the spirits of just men made perfect, and to Jesus the mediator of the new covenant, and to the blood of sprinkling that speaketh better things than that of Abel. See that ye refuse not him that speaketh. For if they escape not who refused him that spoke on, spake on earth, how much more shall we shall not we escape if we turn away from him that speaketh from heaven, whose voice then shook the earth. But now he hath promised, saying, Yet once more I shake not the earth only, but heaven, but also heaven. And this word, yet once more, signifieth the removing of those things that are shaken, as of things that are made that those things which cannot be shaken may remain. Wherefore, we receiving a kingdom which cannot be moved, let us have grace, whereby we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear. For our God is a consuming fire. This worshiping anything else or trying to come to God on our own it simply doesn't work. Paul, Paul is reproving or speaking to these people that he, he has fed them with milk. And that's why I come to that conclusion that they are new in faith and he says you're still going back to your ways that you had in unbelief, your, your, uh, your carnal and Living with envying and strife and divisions. And, and he says, and walk, and you walk as men. So he says, and according to the grace of God, which is given unto me as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation and another buildeth thereon. But let every man take heed how he buildeth thereon. We don't, we don't want to come into this word and explain it in our own craftiness or, or Lack of understanding, but that we would let this, let this word have, as, as it says in one place, that it would have free course in our lives. Let, let the word do its work. Let every man take heed how he buildeth thereon. For other foundation can no man lay than that is laid, which is Jesus Christ. I was looking at, actually I was looking at a text there that I don't, I don't have the, fullness or understanding to speak on it, but it speaks of Melchizedek and how Abraham met him in his day and and he blessed Abraham. And Abraham, I don't understand it, but he gave tithes to Melchizedek, but it says that it likens him unto Jesus. And I was thinking that, and, it, and Beth was reading me something there and it just hit me this morning that when it says that That he had neither father nor mother. And, and I don't, I can't think of all the things it says about him, but I've always thought that Jesus had a father and a mother. And, and we know that he did. He, he was, the Holy Spirit came down and, and Mary conceived seed of the Holy Spirit. We can say God was his father. Mary was his mother physically. But we also read that in the beginning was God. And the word was with God. And the word was God. So. This conveyance. Of Jesus coming into this earth. And I've said it before. That we think with such a. Powerful thing. As Jesus coming down to earth. He should have come in a. In an earth shattering spectacular way. He came in that way. And I'll say he was conveyed to this earth that way. That he was born in mean conditions. Conditions that if, if a man and woman were looking for a, a place that this child could come into this world, they would look for a better place. But there was no room in the inn, we are told in the Christmas story. And so, when, when we read the word and see that he has always been, we could say he doesn't have a father and he doesn't have a mother. But God conveyed him into this earth in that way. He didn't, he didn't come down in, in flowing robes and, and, and angelic entrance and and things that my mind said he should have come in that way. Jesus Christ. We would want to stay with his teachings and his his being, his presence. Word tells us where two or three, we hear this often, are gathered in his name. He is here in our midst. And as I read about Moses, he was there in their midst. They didn't worship Moses in the Old Testament. They followed after him as a physical leader. And a preacher and a man of God, him and Aaron. Moses complains that he's slow of speech and he's not a leader and I, I don't know all the things that he complained about, but there were maybe more than were recorded. And God even takes that into consideration and says, well then Aaron can, Aaron can speak for you. I'll look after that. You just, you just go and lead. And then in the New Testament says that Moses was a man mighty in word and deed. So maybe he saw himself the way any Christian should. But God used him in, in much power. For other, for other foundation can no man lay that is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Now if any man build upon this face foundation, gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, and stubble. Every man's work shall be made manifest, for the day shall declare it, because it shall be revealed by fire, and the fire shall try every man's work of what sort it is. The sermon I was mentioned. I was listening to, he, he spoke, Michelson spoke of that gold tried in the fire. And I personally have melted down lead, and I'm sure it's, very similar. It's very so similar in hardness. He probably melts at just about the same temperature. And, of course, when I melted down lead, well, I'm melting down parts that have steel in them, and, and the lead gets hot enough, and the old, little bolt will come popping to the surface, or there's, there's dross on the surface. And Michelson explained it even deeper than that. He says, when the goldsmith melts down his 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 gold... And it's a it's a shimmering that takes place and it's it's actually mind bogglingly beautiful. I've seen it with lead. I haven't melted down any gold. But it's it is so beautiful when the impurities come to the top, and he he, he explained how the how the goldsmith then he swipes those impurities <coughs> off the top and and it has a mirror image. And then Jesus wants to see. A mirror image in us. And, and there's places where, where it likens us to these things, gold, silver, and precious stones, especially the precious stones. But, but in heaven, it likens mankind unto these precious metals, precious stones, and it names them all off, and that is the living church. And I'll just say that with, with these first three, the gold and the silver and the precious stones, when the fire... I, I just read that in Hebrews. Our God is a consuming fire. And He, he brings us to purity in the work of our Savior. When, when the gold, silver and the precious stones are put to the fire... They come pure. The dross comes to the top. The dross is a sin. It, 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 it comes to light. It comes to, you can't hide it. It comes to light. And, and, and this stuff is taken away. And the pure metal, or the, or the, the precious stones, they're, they're created, we, we know that diamonds are, are simply coal. They begin as coal. If man has figured that out. Coal. Coal is created when. When organic matter. Rots. And for one reason or another. An earthquake or whatever happens. And it's put under intense. Extreme pressure. There's coal. Just about every place on earth. It covers the face of the earth. And if you look at a. If you look at a mineral and. And map of Alberta, it's, it's almost black with coal. This coal hasn't turned to diamonds. But because of certain things that take place, some does. And it becomes pure and precious. Uh, we, we call it a precious stone, a diamond. And, and we think of opals and rubies and, and all the other stones, and I don't... Some of these young boys know more about it than I do, quite a bit, because they... Have that interest, but they're put under intense heat. There's some kind of element that has been ended up in the same place and put under intense heat and intense pressure, and it comes out a precious stone. And we take we take diamonds, and they just look like a they just look like a, a little clear rock in your hand. But they polish them and shape them and and cut them so that all the facets reflect light from one another. It's, it's quite a science. I wouldn't know how to do it, but it becomes a precious stone. And it's one of the hardest stones on earth. I think that in recent years man has even made a harder um, manufactured stone than diamond. But here we talk about gold, silver, and precious stones. They, they're, they're made from heat and pressure. And they, they come out pure. And the wood, hay, and stubble, we know know what happens when, when the fire is put again. They, they just turn into nothingness. We all sit by a campfire and you might have wood piled up the height of this altar and then a bunch of people sitting around in three, four hours There's nothing left. You could, you could put it in a cup. What's left? It's just ash, nothing. Sometimes we build on these things. If our, if our hearts are in the right place, we can make mistakes and we can build on these things. And it says we won't lose our reward. Every work, every man's work shall be made manifest. In in the third chapter of John, it talks about those that bring their works to the light. And their works are wrought in God. He knows what to do with them. He sent Jesus to this earth to complete that work that has to be done. when 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 we can acknowledge that we're sinners... for the day shall declare it because it shall be revealed by fire and the fire shall try every man's work of what sort it is if any man's work abide which he hath built thereupon he shall receive a reward if any man's work shall be burned he shall suffer loss we might think that all our work is perfect it's not there are things we we can do and say and promote that are are not based on this scripture We, we would want that that this, this fire of this word would try us continually. That, that we would be closer and closer walking to our Savior, closer to his side. Know ye not that ye are the temple of God? I, I think this is a key verse in this text. He's telling these, these Corinthians, Do you not know that you are the temple of God? We teach our little children that Jesus lives in their heart. Jesus lives in my heart. Where does he live? He lives in my heart. Little children know that. And they believe that. As life goes on, sometimes we we forget that. and We we kind of put it to the side and, and get involved in other things. It says, know ye not that ye are the temple of God and that the Spirit of God dwelleth in you. Jesus says when he leaves this world I will send a comforter they didn't understand what he was saying the two men on the way to Emmaus are are the perfect example we thought that he should redeem Israel we thought these things and he tells Jesus himself Jesus asks him why are you walking along and so sad I said, well don't you know don't you know the events that have taken place the last few days? What things Jesus says He, he, he knew what they were talking about. <clears throat> Excuse me. The Spirit of God dwelleth in you. When Jesus broke bread in their presence, they were traveling along. it was late at night, time to turn in. They invited him to spend the night with them. It says he made like he was going to go further. I think, I think he wants to know that we need him. We have to know that we need him. And when he knows that, and we know that, he'll spend the night with us. Michaelson, this morning in the sermon I listened to, he was talking about the the woman of Samaria and how how the Samaritans and the Jews would go a long ways to avoid each other but Jesus it says he went through Samaria he didn't worry about earthly boundaries and earthly troubles and problems between people and then it says that that he stayed an extra two days this woman came to believe in him And immediately she becomes a a missionary, Michelson says. And it's true. She she went and told others. But she has found the Christ. He told me of all the things that I've been into. He knows all about my life. And I've never met the man before, she could have said. She wanted to praise the name of Jesus the spirit of God entered into her do you not know that the spirit of God dwelleth in you she had a, he, he says there in his sermon that we, we can see what, what manner of woman she was she had gone through five husbands and, and then got rid of the last one somehow and and. Uh, Take, take on another one, and they hadn't even been married. So you can see what manner of woman she was. Her sins were forgiven. She she believed in Jesus. And it tells us that we are the temple of God, and the Spirit of God dwells within us. And then it says that it's possible to defile that temple. If any man defile the temple of God, him shall God destroy, for the temple of God is holy, which temple ye are We know that the the unforgivable sin is when people have come to know the power of God and the goodness of God and the forgiveness of God through this holy spirit by and through the Lord Jesus Christ who who dwells within this temple And then they deny it, and then they turn against that. They they have they have defiled the temple of God. God will not stand for that. It says all sins we read Jesus' teachings can be forgiven, man, but the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit will not be forgiven. read an article one time and I, I wish I could find it again and and I don't know how, how true it was but this priest wrote how that fascist Mussolini who was the leader in Italy during the Second World War and we know the atrocities and the terrible terrible things that happened this priest wrote saying that Mussolini called me and I spent three days with him and he confessed thousands of things that he had been into. I hope it's true and I hope to see him on the other side. We'll leave it in God's hands but if it is true and this man confessed his faults and realized the type of life he had led that God forgives God is forgiving and we don't leave it there but we bring in Jesus Christ because Jesus Christ is the mediator between God and man If any man defile the temple of God, him shall God destroy, for the temple of God is holy, which temple ye are. Let no man deceive himself. There, there's different places in the word it talks about man deceiving himself. It says if you I mean I can't quote find find it to quote it, but it says if you if you think you are something when you are nothing, you've deceived yourself. You haven't you, you may have deceived others also. It doesn't say that, but it says you've deceived yourself. It says, if any man among you seemeth to be wise in this world, let him become a fool that he may be wise. Let him have this word do work in his heart so he realizes what he really is. I am a sinner. I'm a troubled, unbelieving man and I need help. It says he's only deceived himself. Let him become a fool that he may be wise. Let him see himself as a fool in the in the in the power and the wisdom that comes from this world, it says, for the wisdom of this world is foolishness with God. There, there there's all kinds of people, and I think of Confucius and and uh, I don't know Buddha or whoever some of these are, and they they have set themselves up, and literally untold millions of people have followed them, and it's all of this world and it all comes to nothing when they stand before Jesus he will say to them depart from me ye workers of iniquity I never knew you they might have gone about doing what they thought was the best for a long life on this earth maybe there were some of them in in the old patriarch's time when they lived to be 900 years old that we don't have recorded they stand before Jesus. He will either put them on the right or the left. We don't want to go to the left. For the wisdom of this world is foolishness with God. For it is written, "He taketh the wise in their own craftiness." There's nothing wrong with having a, a, a wisdom of of how to make it through this world, how to pay your bills, how to deal with people, how to how to whatever to teach these things in, in our schools of learning and university and it's not all bad but we won't get to heaven in this way we want to reach heaven's shores and again the Lord knoweth the thoughts of the wise that they are vain therefore let no man glory in men these, these people Paul comes into their presence and he preaches to them and they, they come into faith. They repent of their sins. This is left out these days in so many circles, repentance. The people have to come to this, this that it talks about. Let them become a fool that they may be wise. That part is left out. They, they, they preach love and they preach, just come on in. Just come on in. Don't preach that if there's a blackness in, in your life and in your thoughts and doings this has to be made right with God. We make it right through the Lord Jesus Christ and the Lord Jesus Christ dwells in the hearts and lives of believing individuals. It's a continuing thing that that we can we can trace it way back to the beginning of the scriptures, and it's alive today. Let no man glory in men, for all things are yours. I'm not sure if I know how to explain that all things are ours, but but I believe that all that is good we can cling to, and and whether it, here it says whether Paul or Paulus. Or the world, or life, or death, or things present—we we can learn from these things. There's a place in the Bible. I think Beth quoted it here. We we talk and discuss these things, and even 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 the natural world shows us the glory of God. And excuse me, all, all experiences, life. A little child is born into this world. We can see the glory of God. Death. We can see the glory of God. Things present. Things to come. All these things speak volumes. When our hearts are in that place that, that this word would direct us to and guide us into. Whether Paul or Apollos or Cephas. I believe Cephas was Peter. Or the world, or life, or death, or things present, or things to come, all are yours. And we don't leave it there. The last sentence says, and ye are Christ's, and Christ is God's. We zero in on the Lord Jesus Christ. And and Jesus explains that if you believe in me, you believe in the Father. And if you believe in the Father, you believe in me. We are one. causes us to I think I read that and I can't even remember which text I took at the Law there last Sunday in Hickville Manor but it causes us to see what we are and come to this word and draw us when, when Stephen spoke, Stephen, I don't know how to say it when Stephen spoke It says they were offended. And they were pricked in their heart. And they ran on him and stoned him. They saw unbelievable things. When they saw that. And Paul was standing there. Saul, they called him in those days. And he saw Stephen look up into heaven and say, I see Jesus. Standing on the right hand of God. And then he said of those people that were stoning him, he says, don't lay this to their charge. Very similar to what Jesus said. Don't lay that to their, don't, don't charge them with that. Don't accuse them that you've done this and that. Just forgive them. They, they don't know what they're doing. Jesus meets Paul on his way to Damascus. Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? Why are you persecuting me? Who art thou, Lord? Paul says. He was not a believer at the time yet. He knew who he was talking to. He was talking to the living God who came down to this world to save Him and you and I and all of us. He wasn't dealing with the Sanhedrin at at that point. And he wasn't dealing with with anyone but the living God. And he became nothing. He, he, He became, like it says here, let him become a fool that he may be wise. We see then after his conversion, he goes out into the world and with that same energy and zeal, and he had, a, he had a love for people before. He had a love for people after. But he came to that shocking realization. I am persecuting my God, my savior, the living spirit and all these things says after his conversion, immediately he went out and preached Jesus Christ. It says, Ye are Christ's and Christ is God's. The covenant God made with Abraham. I will be your God and you shall be my people. Offensive to our natural way of thinking. No, no, I want to be independent. I don't want to belong to any organization or anybody That's not the point. God says, I will be your God and you shall be my people. I will take you through life's trials. I will lead you to heaven's shores. In Jesus' name, amen. Shall we close with a benediction? May the Lord bless us and keep us. May the Lord make his face shine upon us and be gracious unto us. May the Lord lift up his countenance unto us and give us everlasting peace in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. Amen.